0: Good morning, my name is Kelsey, and this is a part of our service that we call Charitable Giving. And it's my opportunity to do two things. The first and foremost is to thank you so much for being the financial support of this church. Without you and your financial donations, we would not be able to do all of the amazing things that this church does, whether that's Sunday morning services and bringing to you the awesome music, whether that's activities throughout the week. Um, The wonderful uh, services that Jeff and Vince provide that no one ever even notices or sees all of that, the kids program, et cetera, would not be available to any of us if not for your generous donations to support this church. If you are interested in being a donor, that is super easy. We have a number of ways you can do that. Most of it is done through our app where you can log on and you can make a donation, either a one-time donation or become a preauthorized donor, which is Where on a normal cadence, usually it's monthly, you would give an amount of money um, and it would just come off your credit card. We also take one-time donations, old school, cash, checks, etc. at the back uh, in the black box. Thank you so much for being donors. The other part of my job here this morning is to tell you about some of the things that are coming up. Um, This afternoon, 12.30, there's a river cleanup. If you've signed up, awesome. If you haven't, but you want to take advantage of what was supposed to be a rainy day and looks like it's actually going to be pretty awesome, please join a crew down by the Pump House Theater at 12.30. If you don't know where the Pump House Theater is, grab somebody after the service and they can give you some directions, or more likely you'll just Google it and your map will take you right there. Um, By 12.30, there'll be a group of us meeting there to hang out, Uh, enjoy the weather do some good for the community and clean up a chunk of pathways for us we have enough time this morning we are running right on time to give you guys the chance to fuel up and get a little bit more coffee in your cups if you would like I noticed a number of you came in and with coffee cups in hand that were full they may or not still be full feel free to wander out to the backs um, grab another cup of coffee and come on back in the next minute and a half to two minutes and we'll get started thank you so much
1: I'm Jeff, if I haven't met you before. Glad you're here and uh, welcome. Uh, if you're new here for the first time, I hope uh, you've, you've come to realize that uh, the morning here at Friends Church, is we call it a gym session. It's kind of a little bit of a, a mental and emotional and spiritual workout. We want to get people thinking and wrestling, feeling, being present in the moment. Sometimes things happen and And we don't take ourselves too seriously. We appreciate our music around here. That was great. Um, Hey, look at—we we've been talking about resentments. We're in the middle of a series um, talking about what to do when we've been hurt and the wounds that are left from chapters of our lives. What what do you do with them? So, anyways, that's we continue on today. I had a conversation with my dad on the phone this earlier this week. He'd had some physical ailments um, over the past number of years. Most recently, he's been feeling a lot of arthritis pain in, the, in his lower back, and it just makes life tough. Truthfully, he we were chatting on the phone this week, and he was just saying, you know, just, it sucks. He says, I, uh, you know, I'm moving around. And then as soon as I stop, I wait, you know, even if I'm just sitting down with someone and chatting, whatever, and I get up and it just, oh, the pain. And uh, I said, dad, I'm, I'm, I'm sad. I'm sorry that you have to feel that way. I, dad and I used to golf tons together. We'd plan a trip both this time of year, every year, we'd be down in Phoenix golfing together. And chatted a little bit about that. I said, I'm, I'm sorry that maybe those days are gone. He said something interesting. He said, uh, I don't know why I got this arthritis. Maybe maybe God is trying to teach me something. I went, huh. You think that's why you got arthritis, Dad? He says, I don't know. I just, I've just been praying that... You know, maybe God could deal with it. You know, I've heard other stories of people being relieved of it. I mean, I believe he could heal me if he wanted to. For some reason, he hasn't. I went, hmm. I didn't know how to respond to that. So I, I asked him about his wife uh, my stepmom, Colleen, I just said, How's Colleen doing? Because she had really uh, just a recent bout with um, her back. Uh, it's crazy. She's super healthy, very active, and she'd been laid up for like a week. I said, How's Colleen doing? He said, Oh, she's doing amazing. I went, Really? She's like moving? She's up and around? He said, Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's been working a ton. She's been out and about doing yard. I said, what happened? Now, I was expecting him to say, oh, well, you know, they gave her a cortisone shot or, the, the, you know, a chiropractor. I, like, I, I didn't know what necessarily, how he had, what, what had been done to cause such a turnaround. But dad said, well, I'd like to say that it was a result of a lot of prayer. There's a lot of people praying for. It. Now, I, I didn't say it in the moment, but I have to admit, I was sinking it in light of what we just talked about with him. I was like, so it's like God answered the prayers for Colleen, but God's kind of giving you the thumbs down. Like, he's going, no, you can sit with that pain a little longer, but Colleen, let's get her up and running. I, I don't s- say that sarcastically, but it, it stuck out in that moment. It's like... Really, Dad? Like, hmm. This way of thinking or believing about what all causes certain things to happen in our lives, from my dad's perspective, might seem really strange to some of you. If you've not grown up in a religious tradition that talked about supernatural healing or this belief that perhaps something out there can fix these kinds of things... Um, Maybe it is familiar to you. Just out of curiosity, how many, this doesn't strike you as strange that there would be people that would believe like this or think or pray for healing. Okay, okay, good. I know it's not strange for me. Like his dad's talking to me. I know exactly why he's saying some of these things. I was brought up to believe that many of the circumstances that we find ourselves in, good and bad in our world, are often the result of some kind of divine force, influence going on. That's what I thought. But I know for others, um, yeah, like God, God gets involved, you pray and answer, and God comes through and does it. And that's a wonderful thing. Like, it's, it's pretty cool to think that maybe God is available when things get tough. You can pray. I know it was wonderful for me. It was a great feeling when something was going on and someone would say, hey, I'm praying for you. It was like, yeah, maybe God will have my back now. The belief kind of believes that there's this force or whatever that is capable of stepping in and intervening in the physical realm at times when things look tough, hopeless. Sometimes just some people would believe, man, you pray and maybe God will open up a parking spot for you. My my mother-in-law had this deep belief that God was always intervening. My son was a snowboarder, and uh, he would get out there and he would win a competition and as soon as she would find out she'd go yes I just knew because I was praying so much for you <laughs> I'd be like wow so God said yes to Carter and no to all the other kids all right <laughs> we'd always kind of right, maybe maybe you know or and but every now and then something bad would happen and Carter would have an accident and then I'd look at mom and go what happened there, Mom? And you could always see in her mind, she was like, uh-huh. hmm, maybe we weren't praying. That's what you need to tell me when he's competing. <laughs> she would say, huh. Now, this might strike some of you as strange, but I, I like, haven't grown up in a religious tradition, but I hear it all the time, even from people that aren't religious. Just, it sounds different. Like, I hear people talk about superstitions. They talk about bad luck. I don't know, I just, I got bad luck going on right now. It's like, whatever I'm trying to do right now, something is conspiring against me. You've been following the sports world lately, headlines down in Toronto, all over a couple weeks ago. The curse is broken, Maple Leafs, since 2004, I haven't been able to make the <laughs> first round of the playoffs, past it. The curse is broken. It's, it has nothing to do with their bad play. No, no. There was a curse. <laughs> and, and that got broken. Here we are. We're into the second round of the playoffs. Same kind of thing. People super, You don't walk under ladders, step on spiders, whatever. You name it. Because that can invoke something that causes bad juju and then who knows what could happen. How many are familiar with this kind of thinking? Uh, athletes all the time, they have a certain routine that they must follow all the time. We wear the certain sh- shirt all the time, why? Because they believe that that's tied to a good performance. Somehow, that shirt has magical power and it's going to alter the physical reality. of. The- now, they would never say it's the same thing as praying or believing that there's some kind of supernatural invention, but kinda is. Another thing I hear sometimes is people that will say, hey, look at everything happens for a reason. Almost like there's something, some intelligence out there that's designing life, turning the wheels, pulling the levers, pushing the buttons. And every event of our lives has kind of been scripted out, leading to something beautiful, something good. And when things all go together... Or when something bad happened, but then it turned into something good, people go, see? There it is. Everything is leading to something good. How many are familiar with this kind of thinking? And maybe inside you're going, I kind of subscribe to that. All of this kind of thing, I have for most of my life have believed that something out there is conspiring for my good. And if I just watch my P's and Q's, if I pray, whatever, do the right, something out there is going to line things up to work out for our good. I love that belief. It's comforting, isn't it? But there are times when things don't go well like it works really well until often things go really bad you know what I'm thinking you know what I'm saying like when things turn ugly it can make you think holy smokes what has happened now this sorry I I just I gotta admit One page was missing, threw me off, all right? So I was like, okay, all right. So I'm looping here. Um, This belief system that there are supernatural forces that are at work all over the place, this is something that's rooted in our Christian tradition. In fact, it's rooted in Judaism as well. If you go back to the Bible, I mean, the famous story of Jonah and the whale, that one's a classic, a guy named Jonah is approached by the character God in the story. God says, I have an assignment for you. I need you to go to this city and speak to these people. Jonah immediately in his heart and mind says, I'm not doing it. I don't want to go and help those people I don't like. So Jonah goes in the opposite direction. Jonah jumps on a boat that's sailing In the opposite direction, and while they're on the boat, a massive storm whips up, and it's bad. Threatening to capsize the boat, like literally waves, like crazy. Jonah is, well, all these guys are freaking out. It's interesting what they do. They go, we got to figure out why this thing is happening. Because in that day, they believed that often natural storms and disasters craziness that would break out were the result of the angry gods. Something out there is pissed off and that's why we got this going on. Now, it's interesting. They go, we got to figure out why this is happening. They had certain ways that they would do it back then. But while they're trying to figure out why are we about to die right now, Jonah fesses up. He says, all right, guys, here's the truth. I'm running from God right now, the character God in the story. He's asked me to do something. I don't want to do it. If you want all this to end, throw me overboard because I'm your problem. I've done something that's pissed him off. And the only way you are getting out of this is if I get dealt with. Wow, that's an interesting concept. So God can do good things, but boy, in this kind of concept, God can also do not so good things. Don't get them angry, because then bad things will happen. <laughs> yeah. These kinds of beliefs, they have a way of giving us explanations or reasons for a lot of stuff that happens in our lives. We, they allow us to make up stories as to why good things happened, and perhaps why bad thing. We don't know if it's true. We don't know if the story we've made up is actually accurate, but they give us a story, don't they? It's, um, it's wonderful to think that God would do something to help me. It's, a, it's another thing to think that perhaps something bad that's happened to me is God doing that too. I've sat with more than a few people over the years who have walked through that unimaginable horror. Way too many, actually. Thinking about the couple who took their five-year-old little girl to the hospital. She wasn't doing well. She'd been in pain. Her head had been hurting. In the process, they found out that she had leukemia. This was a couple that believed firmly in this kind of system, that God is at work in our world. Something is. Countless nights, they drove away from that hospital with this huge throbbing hole in their heart, unable to even comprehend what was happening. Watching it in real time was just gut-wrenching, not knowing what to say or what to do. Tragically, the little girl didn't survive. And watching what happened, you want to talk about resentments, what began happening to this couple as they wrestled with why. You know, in these dark moments when life out of our control happens, your mind can begin to spin, begin to ruminate, we call it. This repetitive thinking and dwelling on the negative feelings and the stress and all the causes behind everything that's going on, just replaying, rehashing, replaying times when I would sit with this couple, I'd I'd see them. They would would talk about what they're not going to get now. Thinking about the life that had been ripped away from them. There there wasn't going to be any... I remember her saying, there's not going to be any ballet recitals, Jeff. She said, there's not going to be... No videotaping my little girl crossing the stage at her college graduation. He said, I'm never going to get a walker down the aisle of her wedding. Ah. No mummy daughter, but spa days, no babysitting her grandkids. That bedroom down the hall is always going to be quiet and empty. Duh. It was uh, gut-wrenching to hear them spell out what was rolling through their minds. It was like every little thought, every reminder, every realization of what has been taken away would send this sharp nerve pain inside of them. And the resentments would just keep it just like deeper. Some nights they said they would just lie awake wanting to scream. Why my daughter? Why not someone else's? What could have possibly have been done for some grand plan to require my girl's life to be taken? I mean, of all the prayers that get answered, God, why couldn't you frickin have answered one of ours? Oh, I could just feel the anger, the resentment. Without realizing it, their beliefs that everything happened for a reason kind of turned on them, began ripping their life apart. Let me ask you something. Have you ever found yourself twisted up when something devastating, something completely out of the blue, out of your control happened, where you couldn't make any sense? of it based on your understanding of how the world was supposed to go. If you look around the world at all the stuff that's going on right now, you can only imagine the number of people that are twisted up going, wait a second. This isn't supposed to go this way. For many, this is a common occurrence. Heavy ruminating, mental spinning, emotional distress, turbulence. I was reading an article written by a rabbi. He tells a story of a of a person he knew quite well, whose son had been killed in a car accident, and it was a freak one. No other car involved. He simply drove into a tree. He wasn't texting, they looked at his phone records. He hadn't been drinking, there were no drugs involved. Police were baffled, could not explain it. Henry, his dad, was just spinning, trying to make sense of what had all happened. Finally, Henry came to the conclusion God was punishing him for not having gone to synagogue where it landed for him. The rabbi kept telling Henry again and again, that's ridiculous. God wouldn't punish your son for his supposed sin if sin going, not going to synagogue was a sin. Are you kidding me? But Henry was adamant. In the article, though, the rabbi began to share some of his observations of it all, though. He said, it began to dawn on me that perhaps what may be going on inside of Henry, he said it was almost as if Henry couldn't cope with his son's death, if it was meaningless, if it was just random. That, that was terrifying to him. But he could cope if it was part of maybe a greater plan. If it was his will, that, that might be easier. The rabbi says it gave Henry an explanation, however horrendous it may have been to the rabbi. For Henry, a bad reason was much better than no reason at all rabbi said it this way. He said he could live with an exclamation mark, but he couldn't live with a question mark. Hmm. Interestingly, the rabbi observed that it gave Henry a remedy, a way of kind of reasserting control. In his mind, by coming to synagogue, he could get back into God's favor and avert any future punishments. So he said from then on, for the next 15 years before Henry died, he never missed one synagogue, one session of synagogue. Because in his mind, that was what did it. Wow. It's amazing what our minds do, the stories we're trying to wrestle with to try to regain control, isn't it? Let me ask you something, why do you ruminate? Why does our mind spin? Why is it searching? Why are we constantly asking why, many of us? Is it the result of a belief system we've embraced that sees God or something out there as being able to manipulate our lives or the situations around us? It makes us start thinking, okay, what is actually going on here? Okay, I'm dealing with this ugliness, or I'm watching something really ugly going on. Why is this happening? Is it that because of that belief system we're going, maybe we can step in and we can stop whatever is controlling that? Hmm. Could it be that we just struggle with the thought of meaninglessness? The thought that life is really random. Sometimes really bad things happen and there's no apparent reason. Could Would we rather ruminate and try to find a reason than settle with that? I think for some of us that are raised with this belief or this, this sense that there are forces at work causing everything to turn... The, the shift to say, no reason at all, that's too scary. I don't know. Could it be that maybe looking or arriving at a reason, making a conclusion about why something happened gives us a sense of control? so that those things that are happening out of our control, in our mind, we go, okay, now now it won't happen to us? I don't know, just thinking. you know how that works for you? Interesting, in the same article, the rabbi observed that not everyone is like Henry. Not everyone is looking for reasons. In fact, there is another kind, if it seems, personality, and based on how you're raised that actually have no problem believing that random things just happen. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you go, yeah, I I wasn't raised in that kind of thinking. I'm not a superstitious person. Stuff happens, it happens. This This is another mindset. These ones don't seek to justify what goes down. They merely just deal with the aftermath, whether in their own lives or the lives of others. They don't go looking for silver linings. They don't quote God as the author or the rescuer trying to explain the circumstances. In the rabbi's words, they just try to get on with trying to lift the cloud and to deal with their grief. His observation over his lifetime, the rabbi's lifetime, was that people like Henry tend to suffer a lot more than this other type of person. And I found that I've I've found that quite consistent. Amazing the number of conversations I'll have with someone, and we'll be talking about something terrible. And there's one type of personality that is just Racking their brains trying to explain why, or they want to talk about why. There's another kind of person that doesn't even have energy for that conversation. They want to get into know what now. (laughs) I'm not trying to set up one as right or wrong, I'm just saying one is easier. One leads to more resentment the other one has a lot less resentment tied to it. Michael Singer a well-respected author, he wrote what I think is one of the greatest books on the, in this area called The Untethered Soul. He says that all this kind of ruminating and, and 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 searching for why asking questions that have likely no hope of ever being answered it can actually get in the way of dealing with our grief, the actual grief of the situation, the hardness of this being able to step up and move on, it it gets in the way. The ruminating plugs up the process and it actually fuels the resentment. He says, long-term, if the energy, the mental and emotional disturbance of the situation from these six... If it doesn't make it through us, if it isn't allowed to just move through it gets stuck inside us. In fact, he says, if we don't allow it to move through, it actually kind of, it it forms right at the front of our mind. Makes a big imprint there, and it waits. And maybe you've experienced this, maybe you've watched this. But when unresolved wounds from the past, resentments from stuff that didn't get resolved, why questions never got answered and it doesn't flow through and it stays there, all it takes is another situation that even remotely looks similar, has similar components, and all of a sudden the hijack starts. The resentment surface. The anger comes alive in a second. And the person gets taken over Triggered instantly, sending the same nerve pain with the, those dark emotions. That's a tough place. How do you let go of this tendency to ruminate? How does one even stop searching for deeper reasons to why things happen, going on? I'm wrestling with that because I, I got a propensity to do this. I've flushed a lot of it, but I still, every now and then when something completely out of the blue happens that is so wrong on so many levels, I gotta tell you, it sends me into a weird place. Do you have to give up on your belief in something out there in order to stop that? I don't think so. I just think what often has happened for many is they've altered their understanding or their beliefs about what role the more than, the divine, the force, the life force out there, whatever it is, how much it's actually messing with the physical realm. That's often where I've found the biggest shift happens in people that get past the ruminating. Vince has talked about this before. At one point he said, I had to change what I believed God really is doing in our world versus supernaturally opening up parking spots and saying yes to your healing and no to yours, sorry. Next time. And he had to shift it and say, maybe God isn't doing that so much as maybe he is just, or she, it, the more than is nudging us and guiding us and expecting us to be the physical representation in this world. It perhaps isn't messing and pulling the levers and turning the dials to make things happen according to some great plan. That's interesting. When you, when you change your view of perhaps what this supernatural thing is going, what's going on, so the, maybe miracles don't happen. You, you, you give up something, because it's, it's like the big Hail Mary. Come on, God! We need a miracle for this kid right now. You, when you shift up that belief, something shifts there. You, you don't necess- you're not always calling out for the miracle. You're not saying it's impossible. But you're not hanging all your hopes on that miracle happening. When you give up this sense of someone behind them, some master architect turning all the dials, you begin to realize that perhaps our world is just operating loosely on some natural laws. And sometimes shit happens. Sometimes there's just random craziness that's hard to fathom. And, and you, you, you get more comfortable with that possibility. That sometimes stuff happens and there's no good reason for it. You go, we live in a messy world. Why did he get cancer? I don't know. Why did that person drop dead from that, being that healthy? No good reason. Now, I want to say it's not that good things and beautiful things can't come from tragedy. It's not to say that, man, it's just pff, random garbage is going to happen and we can do nothing. No, we, we, we can respond to it, right? But there's just a lot that's going to happen that we have no control over. That's the shift. And it seems that those people that can kind of shift their beliefs a little bit it seems that it gives a new capacity to be able to absor- not just absorb the random the craziness, but it allows them, rather than fueling the resentments and getting stuck in the moment of dark resentment, it gives them the capacity to move over here and say, let's just deal with the aftermath and do our best to move on. We can't control. This is what they call acceptance. We're going to be talking about this more and more over the next couple of weeks. Vince is coming in to talk about forgiveness next week. What it is, what it isn't, especially. We're going to be talking about fleshing out, being able to move past. We've been talking about a lot of how we avoid dealing with our resentments the last few weeks we're going to start moving into okay so what do you do acceptance is a muscle it's a it's a it's a behavior it's a it's an action that we can take that actually gets us into a beautiful spot in light of the uncontrollable events all around us I know there's many people I've talked to about this and we've talked about this before what this is and in order to just get there I'll just say a couple things about the will your will lies at the heart of you being able to practice acceptance. Your will decides what you will think, believe, act, do. My will says, move your arms, Jeff, and they move. Move my legs, okay, we'll do it. Your will has the ability to say, no, don't let this go. This is not right. I will not accept what just happened here. That's BS. Your will decides whether it stays or whether it moves through you. There was a therapist who sat with a woman who had never felt loved by her dad, haunted her her whole life, and then he passed away. She was a mess. She was in his office. She begins to break down, sobbing uncontrollably. The therapist directed the focus of her attention to what she was just actually feeling right now inside her body asking her to just sense the emotion directly. Don't don't speak through your resentments. Don't 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 start talking about what could have been, what should. Have, no, no, don't talk about that. No, what are you feeling right now? And she got angry. She said, "I didn't come in here to have you make me feel sad right now." I was coming in here to have you make me feel better. That's when he said, "At this moment, this is what you feel." This is what you feel. There's nothing you can do about the fact that at this moment, you are sad and angry. Let's not get into all the things that could have or should have. No, no. This is what you feel. Now, instead of wanting this moment to be any different than it is, which adds even more pain. If only he would have, if only I could have just talked, if only, no, sh-sh-sh-sh-sh. what are you feeling right now? He asked, is it possible for you to completely accept this is, that this is what you feel right now? She, she got angry. She said, I do not want to accept this. That's Will talking. He asked, who is speaking right now? You or your resentments? Your resentment about your grief is just adding another layer of unhappiness. And then he comes out and says, if you can accept the fact that you are feeling incredible grief right now in this moment, what happens to your resentments? She says something began to shift right there. She said, It's weird. I'm still grieving. I'm still sad. But now there's space around me. It seems to matter less. This space comes when there is an inner acceptance of whatever it is that we're experiencing in the present moment whatever has happened. You know, AA has been very familiar with this process. They pray a serenity prayer. It goes like this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. Accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference between the two. Man, I'm telling you, you want an answer to some of the resentment? It's figuring out those two. Let me ask you something. For those ruminators out there, would you consider shifting things up a bit, or at least asking yourself some deep questions? Why? Why am I ruminating? Is it, a, is it a need? my need for control? Is it that I, I, I'm worried about things feeling random out there? What is it leading to? Is it leading to deeper resentment? How constructive is this? Creating awareness of the ways that you may be resisting with your will, events that have transpired, that are going on, naming the emotions you're feeling right in this moment, like that therapist had that lady. What are you feeling right now? Quit talking about what could have been. Quit rehashing what happened. What are you feeling? Would you be willing to change the game plan? Now, here's the thing. You don't even have to be in the middle of some crazy season right now where you're asking why. I'm telling you, it is coming. But when it comes, it's too late to sit and think deeply about how you're going to address this. That's why right now you're in a golden moment to think deeply about when the clouds roll in, when something crazy goes down you have no answer for. That is when you want to pull out your game plan and say, okay, no, I've thought about this. Certain things are not going to be constructive right now. And I hope if you're in a blissful moment right now, you will still think deeply about some of these words I'm sharing today. Because the storm's coming. All right. I don't know what step you might be able to take that could lead you to more serenity this coming week. But I pray that you'll give this some thought, that you'll wrestle with what you do when things out of your control happen what your game plan might be. And I, I wanna end with a prayer. I wanna end with the serenity prayer today, praying for each of us. Let me just, before I do, let me just say, can you imagine what our life would look like if we could cash in, if we could release some of the resentments that we have from some event that happened completely out of our control, if we could let them go, if we, if we didn't have to keep beating that drum, keep telling that story, Keep reminding people the bad thing that happened to your family or this person or this event in the world. You, 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 the energy, the negative, argh, the toxicity. If we could just let that go and let it pass through us and be able to say, "Let's, we can't control what it, but let's mop up the mess. Let's move forward. Let's do our best to make today a little bit better. Not denying the the grief that needs to happen, I'm not saying that. But stepping out of that resentment. Oof. That's my prayer for you this week. God, may you grant all of us the serenity to accept the things that we cannot change. May you grant us the courage to change the things that we can. And God may you grant us the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Have a great week, everyone. May you live with a certain expanding level of acceptance this week and a little less resentment.